Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Dangerous Game Spooktacular. I'm your host, Courtney, with Reckless Cards, and I'm here with my witchy queen, Sarah, the original Mrs. Breaker, Mrs. Squirt's Cards. Should I have said witch with a B? You want to fight? No, I like, you can call me that. I don't care. No, you're not. (laughs) I mean, I am, so it's okay. No offense. Well, we don't need documentation of it. If the shoe fits, I'll put it on, especially if it's beautiful. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we are we are back with another scary, scary, spooky episode. I think it's our, your turn this time since it is. you were a little put off by my last one. Your last one was so creepy, Sarah. Like I'm gonna have nightmares forever about that. It was the creepiest. It was so well. Creepy. My next one is just as bad. Mine are not as bad. Like mine were. Yeah, mine so are. Excited. Mine aren't. Mine are more like I'm gonna. I kind of. T- I'm gonna tell mine sort of like ghost stories. So like around the campfire. Yeah, kind of. Let's do Especially, it. So this one is Notre Dame. Oh. Yeah. Is there a hunchback? No, no. It's the one in Indiana, not the real one. Oh darn it! We're saying it very. Um, you say it very Midwest. It's Notre Dame. Not Notre Dame. Okay. Do I say it like I'm eating corn at the same time? I don't, well, I mean, it is Indiana. So. <laughs> That's what Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Fighting, fighting Irish. Yeah, they look like an idiot. I know. I don't, it, it's like, it's a, cool, it's a cool logo. Like, But I'm going to tell you, because I live in Michigan and we're pretty close to Ohio and Indiana. And I do go down to, uh, I've been down a few times. And uh, Notre Notre Dame fans are the worst. They're just the worst. Sorry if you're a fan, like fighting Irish. They're just like their team's not that good, and they get real like into it. And I'm like super happy for you, but like nothing good has come out of like Notre Dame since Rudy. <laughs> well, apparently, oh, or or ghosts. I'm gonna be. This is this is when we people get really mad because I said that. So I'm sorry in advance. If you like Notre Dame, that's awesome. Every, everything should have a fandom, so more power to you. But let's get into the ghost stories, because Alrighty. if you're a Notre Dame fan, you should know most of these, because they're pretty famous. Um, Notre Dame was established in the mid-1800s. The university has gained notoriety for its prowess in football, academic excellence, mm. and even ghostly tales. It's a place where legends, both on and off the field, continue to thrive. Old buildings often come with a rich history, and sometimes that history can take a darker turn. Notre Dame, despite its renowned reputation, has not been immune to such stories. The campus has witnessed several recorded and verified deaths. And there's even a cemetery where priests, faculty, and other campus residents find their eternal rest. Ugh. All the yeah, yeah. There's a cemetery at the the, the campus. Yep. No, not going there. Well, we could go there too. Make a trip both places. It's not that hot. Okay. While the cemetery is known for its paranormal activity, it may come as a surprise that it's not the most haunted area on campus. No. In the spirit of Halloween. Let's delve into a chilling tale that few may know, but many will find spine tingling. 
the origin of the famous phrase, win one for the Gipper. Win one for the Gipper. It's very. I'm going to explain. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) It has roots in a haunting story set in Notre Dame campus back in December of 1920. Picture a cold and moonless night with George Gipp returning late from celebrating his final football game against Northwestern University. Go Wildcats. Unfortunately, he missed the dormitory and the curfew and found himself locked out of Washington Hall. Rather than attempting to sneak in and risk getting caught, he made the fateful decision to spend the night outside. Little did he know that this choice would lead to his demise, as he soon contracted pneumonia and eventually succumbed to its complications. Soon after Gipps' untimely death, students residing in Washington Hall began experiencing eerie occurrences. They reported hearing strange noises, like the rustling of papers under doors and late-night phantom music, mysterious footsteps, and even horns blaring without any apparent cause. Gibbs' spirit seemed to linger, a specter on the Notre Dame campus. His story became one of many legends of Notre Dame football passed down through the generations. On his deathbed, he delivered a poignant plea to his coach, Newt Rockney. I've got to go, Rock. It's all right. I'm not afraid. Sometime, Rock, when the team is up against it, when things are wrong and the brakes are beating the boys, tell them to go in there with all they've got and win just one for the Gipper. I don't know where I'll be then, Rock, but I'll know about it and I'll be happy. From that moment on, yeah, I know, right? You're like, you're dying and you're like, oh, tell the football team to win one for me. (laughs) Like, what? Definitely not on my to-do list. Sorry. He was, like, young. (laughs) From that moment on, Rockne used the story of the Gipper to inspire the fighting Irish. In the stunning 12-6 victory over the previously undefeated Army team in 1928 at Yankee Stadium, Jack Chevney, a Notre Dame halfback, scored the uh, tying touchdown, shouting, That's one for the Gipper. Oh. Yeah. To this day, Gipper's spirit is said to linger in the music hall on campus, occasionally giving students a good scare. Yeah, no. Though he's considered a friendly ghost. Gipper the friendly ghost. (laughs) Let's call him Casper, thank you. Not the Gipper. (laughs) The Gipper. Win one for the Gipper. So I actually said that to Jeremy. I'm like, win one for the Gipper. And he's like, yeah, you got to win one for the Gip. I'm like, you know what that means? He goes, no, I've just heard it a bunch of times. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's something that E would say. (laughs) The the mysteries surrounding Washington Hall at Notre Dame have a long history. In the 1970s, a columnist for the Observer, T.C. Trainer, wrote about strange phenomena such as pianos playing by themselves, rustling curtains, people fainting, and inexplicable physical sensations that had been reported in the building. The plausible culprit, according to Trainer, was none other than George Gipp, the Gipper. Nope. So that's like 50 years later, he's still in there doing this. Trainer cited supernatural stakeout led by Jim E. Brogan and his friends as evidence of these occurrences. Despite being a skeptic, Brogan attempted to summon the ghost in Washington Hall, and they had an eerie experience, hearing footsteps from the balcony stairs that sent them fleeing. Well, they do it a Ouija board? I don't. Uh, they did They're a stupid. Who 
does that? You don't do that. You're asking for trouble when you Ghost 101. It is a class. You don't do it. You don't. You don't summon ghosts. Stupid. You, you bring out bad ones. Talk to them. Why is there something like why does it look like there's eyes behind my shoulder? Look at my What is that? I don't know. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Don't tell me to look. Do, do you have a cat? No, I don't have a cat. It looks like there's a cat. It's not the Gipper either, so don't say it. Doesn't it look like... Just do keep going really? to cry. What the fuck is that? Why does it look like it's going away? No, I'm done. Go on. Sarah, Jesus. Well, if you get murders while we're doing the podcast, that'll be... I'll be like, add podcast. Oh my god. Just make sure you put a trigger warning. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, so in another incident, students gathered for a seance at Washington Hall, hoping to contact the Gipper. During the seance, the group leader seemed to be possessed and recited poetry that was later traced back to a 1921 edition of the Dome. So in 1971, in their quest to unravel the mysteries of Washington Hall, two intrepid friends, Bill A. Um, Eiler and Jim E. Brogan, the one that I had talked about, along with an assistance of Don Morrison, embarked on a series of late-night visits to the building. The first night, on April 30th, was relatively short, with Morrison guiding them through the building, pointing out areas known for ghostly activities, such as the green room, famous for its history of moving furniture and flashing lights. For their second night, the trio recruited the help of Jim Hunt, a sophomore and photograph and photographer for the Observer and Dome, with the hope of capturing the ghostly image. They patiently waited on the theater balcony for two hours, but nights two and three were disappointingly uneventful, yielding only a few, few squeaking sounds from the rafters, as recalled by Eiler. The real excitement began on Monday night, as the group decided it would be their final stakeout. While sitting in the theater, they struck up a conversation with an unnamed St. Mary's student who revealed that she had been part of the group of nine students who conducted that seance where somebody got. Why? So she was back there. She saw that happen and she's back like just hanging out. Some yeah. people are like gluttons for punishment. Um, that had happened a few weeks earlier. According to her, the building was inhabited by 10 ghosts and her group vowed never to attempt to contact uh, the supernatural again due to some the unsettling experiences of that event they were scared but she came back she's just like yeah I, I figure i'll hang out here even though it was terrifying what? she's the one that has all the entities attached to her i know she warned eiler brogan maybe that's why what happened next happened she warned eiler brogan and their companions that attempting to contact the ghost could lead to dangerous consequences if they weren't certain of what they were doing about a half hour after she left, the group witnessed their first sign of supernatural activity, a waving, light greenish figure above the balcony. In response, Brogan and Eiler promptly fled the building. They were like, fuck this, I'm out. Not a time. Deuce. But Hunt managed to capture a photograph of the apparition before it exited through the side door. Now, I saw the picture, and I will post it on our Instagram and let you guys be uh, and decide if you think it is a ghost or if it's just a blurry ass picture because it looks like a blurry ass picture to me just like the head picture yeah <laughs> the photograph taken by hunt serves as a chilling memento of their encounter with the unknown within the eerie confines of washington hall in july of 1975 associate observer editor andy 
Prashik. So in the 70s, people were just like, I'm going in here and finding these ghosts. It was like, boom, 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 one after another. Um, joined a team of individuals described as experts in religion, metaphysics, and witchcraft for a unique expedition into the depths of Washington Hall. Their mission? To seek evidence of the ghost of George Gipp, the Gipper, among the plush theater seats. Although the night ultimately yielded no tangible results, Prashik shared intriguing antidotes from their adventure. His team compromised uh, was compromised of three ordained ministers representing pagan faiths, a psychic investigator, a reporter from WSND Radio, and Prashik himself. They began by exchanging stories about their previous encounters with ghosts, with the ghosts of Gipper, stories that Prashik likened to the tales that they used to share in high school when no hard drugs were available. I'm like, okay. so I so need hard on, drugs. You guys were on hard drugs for this adventure. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm like, man, the 70s were wild. I don't know if I could handle the 70s. I don't I, think I would survive. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I would love it. But then I think about everybody like hitchhiking and like doing weird drugs and having like unprotected sex. And I'm like, I'm too, I have too much anxiety. I have too much anxiety for that. We do it now. Yes. But I'm like, we I just, I don't know. Like, if I'm the person that I am now and you just plot me in the 70s, I'd be like, this is not for me. Oh, no, I'd die. <laughs> like, Instantly. I'm like, I I can't do I can't this. compute. Yeah, this isn't working for me. I need um, I need some I'm, – I'm overstimulated. <laughs> nope. Follow, following this exchange of one of the pagan ministers guided uh, the group through a summoning ritual. So now they're trying to summon these ghosts again. Stupid. In a circle with closed eyes, they sat in stillness hoping for any sign of apparitions. However, no ghostly presence made itself known. Eventually, the team resorted to taking photographs of various areas in the building, clinging to the desperate hope that something or someone might materialize when the pictures were developed. Um, okay. Spoiler alert, nothing showed up in those pictures. After hours of limited success, and by limited, like, literally nothing happened, the team decided to call it a night. As Preshik exited the building, he thought he heard a faint laughter coming from the back of the hall. With a resigned tone, he remarked, oh, forget it. Good night, Gip. It seemed that on that particular evening, the elusive spirit of the Gipper remained as mysterious as ever. Um, in the heart of the University of Notre Dame, where history and tradition echo through the hallowed hallways, more than one ghostly presence is said to linger. Beyond the tales of George Gipp in Washington Hall, there are stories of apparitions that defy explanation. One such story bakes, uh, dates back to 1946 a year etched in the annals of Notre Dame's supernatural lore. It was during a routine afternoon movie screening in Washington Hall that brother Canute Lardner met a mysterious and unsettling fate. Some believe that his spirit remains bound to the building to this day. So, like, literally nobody, like, I can't find anything that happened to this guy, but he just, like, dropped dead. And they think he's nope. still there. Uh, custodians who have tended to Washington Hall over the years have shared unnerving encounters with an enigmatic figure, a specter described as an Irish balding with reddish hair. One custodian found this ethereal presence gazing out a window on the building's first floor. In a voice adorned with distant brogue, the apparition made an unusual request. Could you open the window, please? 
puzzled, the custodian responded, honestly, I don't think I know you. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) To which the mysterious figure calmly replied, oh, it's quite all right. I'm with the building. The encounter left the custodian bewildered, wondering if Brother Canute Ladner's spirit had indeed lingered in the place where he had met his untimely end. Brother Ladner is not the only spirit said to tread its storied grounds of Notre Dame. The university's founder, Father Soren, whose legacy still shapes the institution, is believed by some to continue watching over his beloved campus. Father Soren's earthly journey came to an end on Halloween night in 1893, yet some claim his spirit remains vigilant. During a period of upheaval, when university administrators were temporarily relocated to uh, Hayes Healy Hall due to the renovation of the main building, an eerie phenomenon unfolded. Night cleaners going about their duties reported the presence of an elderly priest in habit with a long beard roaming the corridors. At first, these encounters seemed innocuous, but they soon took on a chilling turn. Some some witnesses noted that this priestly figure had no feet and could effortlessly effortlessly pass through solid walls, an unsettling sight that defied all reason. There are so many stories all over campus of other ghosts as well. At St. Liam Hall, the student center, a story or story circulate of a kindly nuns making rounds after hours. And during Christmas breaks, security guards have responded to mysterious 911 calls reportedly placed from phones in empty buildings. These spectral encounters, be they the enigmatic Brother Loudner, the diehard fighting Irish alum George Gipper, or the vigilant spirit of Father Soren, continue to weave an air of mystery and intrigue throughout the University of Notre Dame. Amidst the echoes of history, these stories serve as a reminder that the past may never truly rest in a place where legends live on. Nope. Nope. So, no. Father Soren's buried there, and a lot of people say that you can, like, you see his ghost at the cemetery all the time. No. We we won't. <laughs> I, don't know what I would to love to go there and check out the cemetery. I actually have never, like, I've gone, obviously, I've been at Notre Dame before, and I've driven, like, past the campus lots and lots of times because we go to card shows, which is, you know, right there. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm like, I didn't realize until I did research for this ghost story that there were cemeteries on, on like, that there was a cemetery on campus. I just don't think that's right. I mean, it's, I guess it's like a religious college, right? So it makes sense. I, I mean, There's priests and nuns, and it would be like they have church. So still doesn't make it right. Okay. I'm just like, hey, listen, I don't want to go anywhere. There's dead people just buried around where I'm going to be hanging out either. That's a yeah, no. no. Going to school with the dead? No. They're like a mortician? No. Yeah, I don't know. No. Some people, some people are really into that. So I would go for all you, all you fighting Irish fans. Mm-hmm. I actually hope you win one for the Gipper because that's that was like he clearly was a passionate player who loved his team and his dying words were like win one for me guys yeah so, whatever don't nope, do him whatever. dirty go win him some or go do him dirty like I know. <laughs> dirty already <laughs> all right guys so thank you for joining us for our Halloween spooktacular dangerous games um, as always make good choices Maybe don't sleep outside overnight. And don't ask to win the game as you're dying. (laughs) 
maybe have, I mean, I guess if that's the most important thing to you, go ahead and do that. But maybe have more important things in college football in your life. Nope. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Doses. <laughs> Hello.